Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less. Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love. Now here's your host, Ari Mizell. So, Ajuna Walker, thank you for taking the time to talk to me on the Less Doing Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here. So, uh, I'd like to get into your background a little bit, but before that, uh, so your your work with Mind Valley is, I mean, Mind Valley is such an incredible organization, and now really the the focus for you now is—is is, is it Mind Valley or is it all these other passions in your life? Like, what what are you focused on right now? So I'm focused on a project called EverCoach by Mind Valley. That's my primary focus now. So I'm co-founder in the company, and and we pick our fight. So that's that's the project that I'm that I'm, that I'm looking at as as a core. But I also have other companies where I have other business partners, and and I participate in that as well. So then let's let's start with EverCoach. And so your you're basically making better coaches, essentially. Yes. No, that's that's true. That's a very good summary of what we do. We are like an online platform, online university, where we aim to train coaches to be better at coaching and also be better at running their businesses, which seem to be the primary reasons why coaches tend to have the have the great mindset but still tend to not be able to really make the business work. So... That- in some ways, I feel like that's like very generalized, right? Because people coach people in all sorts of different things, right? So how how do you, on a general level, what do you do? What's the mantra? What's the or what's the the method really to make coaches better? So think about it like this: all coaches and all clients of coaches are human beings at a fundamental level. That's who we are, right? So we are working with people who are uh, who are human beings, and we are human beings, right? So if you want to really cause transformation for a human being, you can understand all the different variants or different possibilities or different things that play out in in a relationship or in 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 just a human being. Like, you know, there's body, there's mind, there's spirituality, all of this stuff. So if you understand these things at a deeper level and you know how to cause uh, or how to dig deeper and how to really create a shift in the reality of the person that you're speaking with, you can be a really good coach. And that's kind of what we tend to lean in towards is to work with coaches who have experience of 20, 30, 40 years causing transformation for, for people across companies, across personal, personal life and relationships and so forth, and try to bring and accumulate their experience into one single platform to offer that as a program that they can take to be able to create uh, a better methodology for themselves, so when they enter a conversation, they're able to actually create results for the client. And and now again, so does it matter, you know, what kind of coaching they're doing? You know, because you have people who coach uh, restaurant owners, coach people who are professional athletes, coach on mindset, coach on, like all these different things. So, but you see that there's sort of this general general backbone to make them better. Exactly. So, so what we don't do is we don't adapt to industry. What we do is we base it off deep research around areas of human psychology, human biology, and so forth. And we use that as a, you can say, as a jump off point that anybody coaching across any industry can go in and actually tap into and support the human that is in that thing. Now, 
<clears throat> here's a distinction that you might be considering as we are talking about this. You might be thinking the consulting part of coaching as to if it's a restaurant owner, well, you got to know what's the cost of goods. Maybe that's what we are really leading into here is to really understand how do you manage the differential. You see, most performance and, and coaching is about performance. Coaching is not about therapy, which sometimes is also often confused. Coaching is a new industry. So there's a, there's a lot of, um, a lot of uh, sometimes misconceptions that go around. People feel like coaching is like therapy, but coaching is nothing like therapy. For that matter, that's the, that's the last thing coaching is. Coaching is more an amalgamation of consulting and therapy, you can say in a way. There are some elements of therapy that it takes, not the deep uh, elements, which, which means dealing with trauma, but, but, the, but the elements of just saying, hey, if there are some mind shift, shifts that are required or some processing that needs to be done, that element of therapy. And then the consulting element of therapy comes from your past experience most of the time. For example, if somebody's coaching restaurants, it's a possibility that they, they have either run a restaurant or they have... They have a restaurant or they had a restaurant or whatever that is, right? So they're taking that experience and layering on top of what we say is basic human understanding and basic human coaching principles and then saying, okay, I will be serving the restaurant owners to be able to either find the balance in their restaurant or be able to grow their business in the restaurant or build teams in their restaurant or whatever is the outcome that they're really working with the entrepreneur with. So where do you see some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they are trying to be coaches. And, and I, let me just supersede that by saying that as uh, when I was starting out as coaching, one of the mistakes I made was uh, sort of falling into a pattern of being more of a therapist than a coach, which I really wasn't qualified to do. So as you sort of touched on, but where do you, what are some of the things that you see? So, so there is the, the possibility, usually what happens in the coaching industry is the reason why coaches get frustrated is because they forget that every business has stages and it has states. Uh, what does that mean? That simply means that every business is a different stage of progression and it, which stage you are at will define what activities are important to you and what state is more important to you. By state, it means your personal state, how, you're, how excited you are or how not excited you are or how you're managing your day-to-day -day anxiety or day-to-day -day possibility that, that, that is there in your life and how you're really creating that balance while understanding the stages of your business. And that usually is what throws coaches off because they feel like, oh, that person says uh, they made six figures in the first month of their career. So that person says they built a million dollar company in three years or whatever that is, the, the dialogue that they're hearing in the outside world, especially thanks to social media, we hear these dialogues all the time. What happens is because we are listening to these dialogues, we go, oh, okay, so that person's doing it means I should do it, right? But every business has different stages, and that stage happens because of the of the of the place that you're coming from and the place that you're going, which is very independent, very different, right? And so that that causes tremendous amount of anxiety. That I find is one of the bigger reasons why entrepreneurs, sorry, coaches quit on their dreams and quit on what they're doing or do too much without understanding what is really critical to the company and 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 kind of and kind of like throw it all off for themselves and not be able to make progress. But the training wise, if I have to say, what's the training part that's missing? Once they understand the stages and states, they, what's, the, what's the element that really makes them successful as a coach or not successful as a coach is their ability to be able to coach, is if they can create transformations or not. A lot of people believe they're really good coaches, but they haven't invested in really training for being really good coaches. And by that, I don't mean 
do a certification program because that's again one more thing that people just rely on oh i did this certification so i'm a really good coach no you're a really good coach when you've done the work yourself and you show up in a way that the person that is actually working with you feel the confidence that they can get a result and then they actually get the result right and that's the big problem with coaches like a lot of us go in and promise a lot of stuff but are not actually able to deliver and that's when the person, even if they sign up with you, firstly, they don't sign up with you because they can see through that. Like you're promising something that you know you can't deliver and it's not that hard to see through it, right? So firstly, they see through it. And if they don't see through it, they hire you, they get, they, they start working with you and they go, this is going in circles. I'm not getting anywhere. That's when the real quality of coaching really shows up. And that's where what we see is often coaches tend to not re-enroll their clients, which is the worst idea ever because coaching is a high-end business. It's something that people have to invest a lot of money because it's not a need, it's a want. People want to get coached. People don't need the coaching. People need the therapy. Nobody needs the coaching. You you want to be coached if you're looking for higher performance. But these are very aware people. If you're not able to give them a result, they're going to go, hey, I don't think this is right for me. And then they don't refer you. They don't re-enroll with you or rework with you. And those are all signs that your coaching practice is probably not going to thrive. So let me shift gears for a second here too to the other side of this, to the uh, to the clients, right? So you must have an opinion on this too. Is what makes somebody more coachable or less coachable? Their desire to learn and grow. That usually is the first parameter for 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 coaches to identify with, and usually those are the people who would show interest, even in the idea of coaching or idea of consulting, is because they de- they have a desire to grow. And they have a desire to to become better than who they are, or they're trying to solve a problem, right? Sometimes coaching is about solving a problem like overweight or so forth, right? Not being productive in your scenario, for example, or wasting too much time or whatever that is, uh, right? So, so these are the two things that you're lo- looking at the core level and some things that are harder to identify, uh, but are important for knowing if, if, it, if it's a coachable person or not is are they operating from a growth mindset where they're not stuck in their current reality going, hey, but this is how we do things, for example, right? Like often if you've, you've been working with businesses, I work with businesses all the time, and the challenge, the biggest challenge that I have to get past is sometimes when I'm entering an organization that's say 25 years in business, it's very hard to convince them that what they have been doing, they may want to consider looking at it differently. Now, eventually we get there, but that's the toughest process, and that also shows you if somebody will be able to be coached or not, is getting them to shift from where they are. Then to get, get to another place is easier once they've shifted. The problem is the shifting. Yeah, so I, it, it's interesting for me because so what I say that I do is I empower entrepreneurs to become more replaceable. And I can immediately tell a lot about the person, how they react to that, because the person who gets scared by the idea of being replaced is the scarcity-minded employee yeah. for the most part right and the abundance minded entrepreneurs like yeah i want to replace myself so i can do more things that are cool so uh, yeah i i totally get that but that's awesome you have such a clear message most most coaches don't have that they think oh i do this 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 and they have like 20 different things that they claim to be doing but that's that's not a that's not a good approach when you want to you want to work with a person because it's like it's like, think about it like this. When you go to the buffet, then you pay the big price and then you go in there and you feel like that's the most terrible idea you ever made because the food's not good, because the dust tries to do everything. And secondly, there's just too much choices. That's what happens with a person when you say you can do 20 different things. You got to be able gotta be able to do one thing and you should have a clear process on how to get there. 
the challenge is either they don't have the one thing or they don't have a clear process to get there. So they kind of, you know, like confuse the person that is actually uh, talking to them. They're like, okay, but how do I get this result? Oh, because I, I am certified in X, Y, Z, D. No, he doesn't care what you're certified in. Tell how you're going to help the person get the result. That's what they signed up for. That That's what they will sign up for. Absolutely. So let's now let's back up and talk about your background and how you sort of got to this point because you had very different beginnings in the life that you live now. And how how did the how did that experience well not even that experience obviously in some ways haven't informed it more like what was the transformation that took place for you to go from where you were to where you are? So I, I, to give the background, I, I was born in Jaipur and I was in a house of 23 people. So there were 23 other people living in the same space. This was my extended family. My parents' cousins, my cousins, my grandparents' cousins, all of us lived in the same house. So it was, it was not a lot of space and place that I grew up in. And because I grew up in that space, of course, fundamentally, I, was, I, I became somebody at the core of me who is who's able to adapt to a lot of moving circumstances or changing circumstances around me all the time because that's what happens in house of 23 like things are changing all the time and sometimes they're very very unexpected but also what happened in my teens was that I had the realization one of the nights while I was sleeping and I cried myself to sleep because of a particular situation that happened that day and and I was crying myself to sleep and I grew and I woke up next morning and found my pillow still wet I, I, I asked myself the question, this is the life that I want. Is this what is going to be the future of me? Am I going to just end up in this house? Because that's what most of the people will still thinking of doing. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. I want an abundant life for myself. I want a life where I have space, abundance of space and abundance of money. I shouldn't have to look at the right-hand side of the menu. That's what I used to think. Like, that was my goal. I, like, I should never look at the right-hand side of the menu uh, so I have to see, oh, how much, do I, how much can I afford to pay, right? And, and that kind of drove my early behavior a lot. And that changed me a lot because that, that got me curious about saying, hey, what is somebody telling me that I can capture and learn and, and grow from? I wasn't seeing it as learning at that time. I was seeing it as, as advice. And I was fortunate that a lot of mentors and trainers and teachers and coaches showed up at that time, even if they didn't identify with themselves as, that, as those words, they showed up in my life and went, hey, we feel this is what you may want to think about. Or, hey, here's a question for you to ponder on. Or, hey, here's a book to read. Or, here's a program to take. Or, here's a video to watch. And all of those little bits, little bits, little bits that I was getting from the outside world transformed me slowly but surely. And that's where my journey began of exploring the world outside of me. That's where my journey uh, began really consider that I might not have to be an engineer and I can be an entrepreneur instead. So I was studying for engineering in my early years, didn't go through it, didn't, didn't, didn't make it, didn't, didn't want to do it because I got really, I was certain that that's one thing that I wouldn't be happy doing was being an engineer. And so I kind of moved gears and, and eventually got into entrepreneurship and started several companies ever since. And where did the uh, initial impetus for Mind Valley come from? Um, I joined at Mind Valley as an intern. Uh, so this was 2008, about a decade ago, uh, and um, I was basically I had in my journey of really trying to go, okay, how do I get out of that house? I was still living in the house, and uh, I was 24 at the time, and I was like, okay, how do I get out of this house? And and I was working for this uh, media company at the time in India, one of the larger media houses in India, and I had somehow convinced them 
to invest in an idea that I had of starting up a website company, like a, like a digital company. That's what, that's what we called it, a website company. And, and we were trying to build a social network. And as we were building the social network, what we realized is Facebook had just hit town. This was like a year into the startup. And Facebook was so much superior than technology in the attraction that people had towards it and everything. So they're like, this is not going to fly. We shut down that operation and we kind of lost all the investment that, that we had got at Secured. Now, I had the choice of going back to the job that I was already in because I was still considered a high performer in the sales job I had. Uh, but I, I asked around and I said, hey, I really would like to learn this digital space. I just want to learn how this, this, this thing works because I know I could have made the startup work if I knew what this was. And I know that this has some potential to be the future. And so I reached out to a couple of my friends. One of my friends was in Malaysia. And they said, hey, there's this tiny little company. It's like eight, 10 employees, and it works out of a bungalow. But they're really fun. They're really chill. And they are also alumni of the same student organization I was a part of when I was younger. And that company was Mindvalley. And I joined the company as an intern about a decade ago. And, and that's how I got in touch with Mindvalley. And I started building the company with, with the founder, Vision. Uh, and we are fortunate to start, uh, fortunate to have started many companies together now. And so now let's talk about the new book. So uh, it comes out shortly and it's going to be called Live Big. And one of the things that you address in the book is entrepreneurial anxiety. Let's talk about that. So what I found is in the past years of my work, firstly for myself, the challenge was as I grew in the Mind Valley realm, as I became CEO of the company and I was running the company, I had a realization that I had become really successful financially because that was my drive, right? I was, I was the guy who wanted to get out of the house, right? So with that drive, I, yes, became very, very successful financially, but I had, I had almost paid for that financial success through my life. My health was not really in the right place. My relationships were not in the right place. I was barely talking to my parents, barely talking to my friends. I was barely investing any time in myself. My spirituality was all shattered. And I was, I was running a company that actually advocates for all of this and are really good at it internally. But me as a person, like this is my internal dialogue, nothing as a reflection to the company, as a leader of the organization, wasn't doing the work that I, that I needed to do for myself. And that kind of gave me a wake-up call. And, and I had to go first on a journey for myself to really find how to, how to create businesses that actually become really successful and at the same time be able to live a life. Right to be able to have that, not necessarily balance, but have that flow and that freedom of saying, hey, I get to do this and I get to do that and I get to do all these other things and I don't find myself limited because, oh, my business needs me, right? So I wanted that for myself and that is what started my journey and that is where we started Evercoach because I was like, hey, I don't want to be the CEO of my Molly because I can't do these personal experiments as I'm running this very responsible job. So I moved on from that and we started Evercoach as something that I would just do on the side and in the process build also good value for the world, right? And so, so we started doing Evercoach and as I was doing Evercoach, I realized, hey, I got to try my feet into coaching because I wasn't a coach at that time. I was somebody who had built training companies before that, right? So I, I go out on limb and I learn coaching and I, and I start coaching companies. I start coaching CEOs and founders. And as I was coaching them, I had the grand realization of saying, I'm not alone, right? I'm not the only guy who wants to grow the companies and also want to have a life. Most entrepreneurs want to grow the companies and are slogging their selves for it. Like they're working 18 hours, 16 hours a day of their life doing that. And, and it was driven by certain behaviors. It was driven by comparison. It was driven by 
passion was driven by purpose but it wasn't well defined in every area of their life and they thought that growing their companies was about their hard work it is their hard work when they are the first employee it is yes your hard work when you're trying to hit your first million but after that it's not about that it's about the balance of everything coming together right and so what 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 i started doing is i said okay i'm trying these principles in my life would you like to try them and i started giving that as my coaching sessions, showing them how I'm doing it, how I think about these things, how to really show up like that. So they would grow their companies and they will be able to work about half as much as whatever they were doing before, right? So if they were doing 10 hour days, they were doing five hour days. If they were doing 20 hour days, they were doing eight hour days, right? Not just 20 hour days, but you see that, that I'm just trying to draw a comparison. Basically, they are, they are, they are, they were working significantly less and their companies were still growing by 30 to 100%. And as I continue to do this, I'm like, hey, this is, this is brilliant and this is, should be available to everyone. This should be available to all the entrepreneurs who wonder if hustle was the way because that's the way that we see on social media every day, right? Everybody says hustle, 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 work hard, work hard, work hard. And it sounds right. And yes, you do have to work hard, but there is a point in your business where you can choose to not work hard, but work on very effective areas of your business and be a specialist in your own business. And be able to play CEO or not play CEO at all, like you were mentioning, Ari. So, so it, it depends on on all of those factors. And and what I would um, I wanted to invite people with Live Big was to be able to say, hey, listen, there is a possibility that you have in front of you, which will allow you to be able to live a big life, which means a life that is of total freedom and total choice, and you still will grow your company and have your maximum impact, but be able to spend the time with your kids or be able to spend time on the holiday that you've always been wanting, right? And these are all tested principles that, that we reveal and share. Uh, these are perspectives that will change the reality and the way people are looking at their lives. And, and that will create the growth in their company, which I, I understand is paramount to an entrepreneur. You want to grow your company. Nobody wants to not be able to grow their company just so that they, they can have more time. They want to grow the company. They want to get the recognition. They want to make the money. But at the same point in time, they, they can have the life too. And that's my invitation. That's what we talk about in Left Big. It's not only anxiety. Anxiety is one of the bigger items that we discuss because that's something that, that is very, again, very prominent for entrepreneurs and causes great health challenges for entrepreneurs. And, and that's why we discuss that as well. But there's many other areas that we talk about. In the, and we give practical steps. It's not just, just me talking or just, just not just a just a bunch of research thrown at people. It actually gives you how to think about things differently so you can change your reality. So, I mean, and we, obviously all entrepreneurs, I, I think, come up against those issues at different stages. And there, there's all sorts of, like, there's a lot of emotional factors that obviously pull us into that. One of the reasons why I try to make people as replaceable as possible is because in a lot of ways, I feel like the entrepreneurs uh, many times get in the way of the natural growth and progress of their own businesses because they become bottlenecks because they feel like they have to be embedded in that. So I think that your idea uh, or your, your mission of giving that permission is really huge. Thank you. Thank you for that. So for you, as you continue to grow the business and Evercoach and, you, and you're doing all the things that you're doing to impact people, what's the biggest challenge for you right now? For me, it's, uh, I, I honestly, and this is recent because I just became a father. I have a six-week-old at, at, at our house when we uh, when we're having this conversation. So this is my first baby. And right now my challenge is I want to spend so much more time with him while I'm going through this book launch. 
and I have made commitments to the book launch that I have to deliver to, but my heart really is with him. Uh, so it's one of those bad timing type of situations that I am in uh, where I didn't, uh, because you can't really time the birth of a baby and so forth, right? So, so we timed our book because the book launch is scheduled like a year in advance. Well, it's our baby was born in October this year. So, so that's my biggest challenge right now is my heart is really always at home while I am trying to fulfill my commitments. It, it's going to end in the next 15 days, which is great. Uh, but at the same point in time, that's where that's what I find myself challenged with on a daily basis right now. And, and that's a very valid one. Congratulations again to you and your family. Thank you. Uh, so, so the last question is, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? So top three pieces of advice, I can totally like summarize in one strategy that, that we discuss in the book and we give it in the follow-up program as well if you get the book uh, and the programs for free for everybody who gets the book. And here is what I call it. I call it the four by four. And it actually is a summary of three different principles. Four by four is the way that I work. I work four days a week for four hours a day, right? That's all the amount of work that I do in my business. And I'm able to build multi-million dollar companies and coach companies that are multi-million dollars as well. Right. And here is why these, this principle can be applicable to you. And you might come up with your own format, but, take, but look at these core principles that make this. First principle, Pareto principle, very common, very known, especially to the listeners of this podcast. You probably will know it. It's called 80% of results are driven by 20% of the work that you do, which honestly is great. But what you want to do is you actually want to do the 20% of the 20% that you identify. Because what you really need is one to two tasks as the CEO, the founder of your company, it really drives performance, right? So that's the first principle. Do 20% or 20% and, and that would be item number one. So you find that one or two tasks that, you, that you're really, really good at and you are going to deliver in your company. Second is called Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's Law is something that, Parkinson's Law simply states that work will always fill the time assigned to it, which means you will, if you dedicate an hour to a job, it'll take an hour. If you give it 10 hours, it'll take 10 hours. Right? That's just how human beings work. And instead of working against that flow, you can work with the flow, which means assign yourself X number of hours every day or assign every task X number of hours before you start doing it. The reason why that is the case is because often people tend to work longer only because they don't have an end time. They don't have a schedule that they're following, right? And that gives them permission to always be on their phone, right? Because our devices are so easy to access. So second principle, Parkinson's law. So take the Pareto principle, find the one or two items, and assign those one or two items within a set frame of time, which is which is because of Parkinson's law, right? So that's the second integration. The third integration is by this gentleman called uh, Carl Newport. He wrote a book called Deep Work, and it's one of the most phenomenal books that you will read. It's, it's amazing, great job done there, where he does research about how you can create exponentially better results if you gave undivided attention to one task at a time and went into deep work mode and did really good, you will be able to produce a lot higher quality of work in a lot less amount of time, which means that if you can, and all of us can, especially as founders and CEOs, because we are in full control of our lives, is, is what we can do is we can actually assign that time that Parkinson's law gave you. Let's say you gave four hours to yourself to assign to that one task that you will do based on the Pareto principle. Have those four hours undistracted, which means nobody gets to call you at that time, your phone's on silent, you're not looking at Facebook, you're not looking at Instagram, you're not looking at YouTube, you're not looking at whatever else you look at. You're just simply saying, I will not touch anything else until this task is complete or this job is complete or whatever that is in your scenario. And those are the three principles. When come together, can create a four by four like schedule for you. It's four by four for me, it might be different for you. 
But these three tools come together can be most powerful arsenal in your in your backpack that allow you to be able to be hyper productive in the coming times. Well, those are absolutely amazing. So thank you, Ajit. That was awesome. Where can people find out more about you and Evercoach and get the book and everything else? So for the book, go to livebigthebook.com, L-I-V-E-B-I-G-T-H-E-B-O-O-K, livebigthebook.com, and it'll give you multiple options to be able to get a copy for yourself. And as you get a copy, you will also get a link that will allow you to be able to log in to a 21-day program that comes absolutely for free just because you got the book in the program. You also get multiple ways to connect with me. I'm also available on different social media networks, so go ahead and and just search my name and you can find how to exactly spell it in the show notes of this of this show. Um, apart from that, I'm available on evercoach.com, which is E-V-E-R-C-O-A-C-H, evercoach.com. And when you'll come to the website, you'll find multiple ways of, of connecting with us there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Ari. This was a fantastic conversation. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. At Less Doing, we help entrepreneurs who have opportunity in excess of what their infrastructure can support to set up systems and processes that empower a team to ultimately make themselves more replaceable. That way, they can optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their businesses in order to be more effective. If you want to find out more about Less Doing, the podcast, the blog, the books, and all of the wonderful programs we offer to help you get from where you are to where you know you want to be, go to lessdoing.com slash podcast and check out our OAO blueprint so you can get started today.